Hello, and welcome to Café Olé. I'm your co-host, Shade Jean-Jacques. And I'm your other co-host, Kaina Mondezir. Café Olé is a series of conversations focused on decolonizing wellness and reclaiming our stories through elevating the experiences and voices of women of color, specifically Black women. We will discuss topics such as gender roles, spirituality, sexual identity, and race as it intersects with healing and wellness. We want to create space for women to connect with each other through experiences and vulnerability. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at Cafe Olé Podcast. Let's dive deep. Hey, girl. Hey, hey. Mama, Mama, you know I love you. You know I love Yes, girl. <laughs> Welcome to our episode two of Cafe Ole, our Mother's Day episode. This is your co-host, Kaina. I have to say it like my mom says it. Kaina. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's Shade. So May is Mental Health Month. How are we doing? You know, girl, we've been talking about all the breakthroughs I've been having. I, I feel great. My heart is full. I'm just loving the love of life. Nice, nice. How are you doing? Well, you know, despite being in the midst of a pandemic, I've been consistently happy for like a month. And I don't want to say it's weird, but like I'm low-key afraid I'm going to crash. However, I'm always happy, you know, around this time of year when the sun is out longer and the days get warmer, no more Mm -hmm. depression. Woo-woo! Yes. Oh my gosh. The sun is out most of the day. Yes. Gotta get my Lupita on soon. Okay. (laughs) Not quite yet. We still in New England after all. Truly. We have to go to the island to get that blessing. (laughs) So we're here, Mother's Day episode. uh, And, you know, in honor of Mother's Day, we will be reflecting on how our mothers modeled emotional wellness and the impact that modeling has had on how we understand and practice wellness. So, Shade, uh, how did your mom model emotional wellness for you? Like, what are some things that she did or said that informed your wellness journey? Yeah, you know, so when I when we were thinking about episodes for this podcast, I told my mom that I would be talking about her and she was like why I told her you know I gave her the context for the episode and she was like okay well so how did I model wellness for you did I mess you up and I'm like no you're not the reason I'm in therapy relax Uh, but we had a really good conversation so for me when I think about how my mom modeled this so so there's many different aspects of wellness obviously and you know we'll be discussing it throughout the podcast but I always remember her commitment to making sure that I had the best skincare products. So that's one. And she really invested a lot of time and energy doing research um, and making sure that I had the best products specifically because I've always had sensitive skin. Um, And I also knew that some of these products that she was buying, like they were really expensive. I don't know if we necessarily could afford it. She got it, but I don't know if it was financially sound. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I appreciated, you know, watching my mom do is really being diligent about her research um, and making sure that I also had the knowledge to be able to take care of myself as well. Outside of that, I just I think back to my childhood on the days where my mom would just be not there. It's like, okay, I haven't seen mommy. I didn't see her before, uh, before I went to school, you know, it's dinner time. She's still not back. And she just come back with a whole new hairdo, cut, <laughs> color, everything. I'm like, okay, yes. you're looking brand new. <laughs> okay. She said, I needed some time. Okay. And at first I was like, for me then I never really questioned it. I didn't feel a type of way about it. Uh, but as I think about it now, I was like, wow, she really found the time and created time to balance being a mom, a wife, working with taking care of herself. And for her, you know, sometimes that looked like, you know, being away from her family, you know, all day and just taking care of herself. So as I think about even my own motherhood, like that's something I, I don't know what that looks like in terms of balancing care for self and, you know, caring for another human being. But that was something that I, I remember her doing um, and thinking like, okay, I, I understand that. Okay, I, I see the value in this. Yeah, sometimes you just got to treat yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes it's hard, but, you know, she she always, my mom would always tell me, your body is your temple. Mm. And I, I think the way that she practiced that was in a very holistic way. So you know, having her self-care days, making sure she's drawing emotional boundaries, you know, making, you know, all these other things that she would do to to reflect the the view that she had about her body and still has about her body and how she passed that on to me. I love that because, you know, when typically when people say your body's a temple, it's usually to reflect like how pure or unpure mm. someone is. Yeah. So I like that she said that, but meant it in a holistic way. Like really, yeah. really care for yourself, like mm-hmm. your soul, your spirit. Mm-hmm. I like that. Absolutely. And Let's again, write that down. Like, listen, when you see her say, thank you, Tati. <laughs> thank you, girl. <laughs> But it's so important. And I think, you know, you're absolutely right. Oftentimes, like, or when I've heard that, that saying outside of the context of, you know, conversations with my mom, it's always been in ways that were actually really toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that my introduction to that was from a very positive, productive and constructive space. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm hmm. So what was your experience like with your mom? How did she model emotional wellness for you? Listen, before I answer this question, <laughs> let me just say that I love my mom to death. And no matter what we've gone through, that's my shorty. When she cries, I cry. And when I cry, well, she probably doesn't care. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't share my emotions with my mom too often, like okay. certain certain ones, I guess, but not too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, emotional wellness. I feel like I'm just now figuring out what that is, honestly, because mm. I didn't have a model for that at all. So, you know, my mom always like, I mean, I feel like it's also the immigrant way to like work yourself to death. Mm-hmm. And... She always did that. And I know, like, I'm so appreciative because I know that she's she was providing for the family, you know. Um, but I never saw my mom really, like, 
take care of herself I guess she went shopping I feel like that's where I get my shopping thing from well I get it from both my parents but when I'm feeling some type of way I'm like you know I would feel really good if I could just like buy myself something and that's Mm -hmm. what my mom would do she'd go to the mall come back with like 15 bags from Macy's like what up I went shopping and I'm like okay what'd you get me (laughs) (laughs) did she ever get you anything yeah sometimes interesting so you know, you talked a little bit about how you didn't have that modeling for you. So how do you think that impacted you growing up? And how does that show up for you in different ways now? Well, um, as of recently, I'm just learning how to say no to people because I would just like, say yes to everyone because I am an empath and I'm always looking to help people. Mm -hmm. And I would never consider like my own feelings. And if I did consider them, it would be last. So um, I'm now learning <laughs> at the age of 30, you know, better late than never. Never too late. No, I'm just telling everyone no. And luckily, I've lost so many friends because of it. And it's just joyous, honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, your no matters. And your really? I feel like your yes means something more when you actually say yes to things that you want to be doing or yes to people that you want to engage with you know that's important yeah so now I'm just listening to myself that's my emotional wellness now listening to myself and doing what makes me happy and putting myself first absolutely good for you girl I'm proud of you you know (laughs) (laughs) so obviously it you know Mother's Day is here So how do you feel around Mother's Day? I mean, it's certainly a time, obviously, where people are celebrating mothers from all over the world. And some of the conversations I've I've seen, you know, or been a part of are around folks that have great relationships with their mothers and folks that don't really have positive relationships with their moms and how they may struggle with that around Mother's Day. So how do you feel about Mother's Day? Are you ever conflicted about it? Um, not really um I mean at the end of the day my mom is my mom so we try to do nice things for her even though like my mom's like very easy to please honestly like she doesn't like to eat out because she's a nurse and she's a germaphobe and Mm. every time like in the past when my siblings and I have tried to you know do something for Mother's Day like take her out she's never satisfied because She's just like, "Mm, this fork is dirty. This cup has a spot on it. This food is whack. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna get you a card and give you a hug. And that seems like what you want. Mm. But really, like, she just wants to spend time with people. Like, she's very much obsessed with her children, Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe to a fault. And um, if we just hung out at the house, that she would be happy. So I feel like that's what we try to do is just be around on mother's day for her and Mm -hmm. get her flowers she likes plants so we'll get her like a plant that's so nice yeah that's awesome so um i mean i know i think one of the best things about growing up um and being surrounded by family is is that right is the village you know we hear the saying all the time it takes a village Mm -hmm. so you know some folks like you know I, i think it's even evident in this conversation right my model I feel like my mom did model emotional wellness for me and you feel like your mom really didn't do that and you're learning about it now, you know? So 
who are or were other models in your life where you felt like you got a good or positive example of what it meant to take care of yourself? Um, well, my sister, Mercedes, she's six years older than me. So she has been kind of like a mother figure just because growing up, like we weren't able to talk to our mother like that and be open and candid about our feelings or anything really. Um, so, and she went through that. She had her own experience being six years older. Uh, so once she moved out the house, um, she was kind of like that mother figure for me and, you know, how sometimes Haitian people don't want to like go back to school shopping because you have clothes from last year. So why do you need to shop? And my sister was like, that's whack. I'm gonna buy you some clothes, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, oh, I know that mom doesn't let you out the house. So I'm gonna pick you up and we're just gonna have like a sister's day. And so she was like the first like mother figure. Um, and just seeing her, she was... <laughs> She's a Sagittarius, so (laughs) she's very, very much like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want, whenever I want, and no one can tell me shit about it, and Mm -hmm. I always envied that, because literally, like, growing up, up until, like, young adulthood, I was just like, I care so much about what everyone thinks about me, to the point where it's fucking crippling, and Mm -hmm. she was just out here living her best life, like, yes, she was because she was on her own from a young age. Like, yeah, she struggled, but she always, always made it happen for herself. And she always made sure that, yes, I'm working hard, but bitch, I'm out here playing hard too. And she's going to the clubs. She's shaking her ass on stage. Like, she's <laughs> just like, I'm like, wow, you're just good at everything. And you're just taking care of yourself. It's just, it was so beautiful to see. So I'm like, I want to be more like her. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really awesome that you, you know, you have that relationship with her where you can one, I mean, obviously still have a good relationship, but also have that person be a model for you in this way. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, so I, I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't know what that's like. I don't have an older, I don't have a sister, period, um, or biological sister. Um, there are a lot of sister friends and sister mates and all that stuff. But, you know, to have someone born into your family to to support you in these ways, I feel like it's so important. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Yes. Um, so as a parent, how are you thinking about this as you're raising a child? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think about the childhood, the experiences that I've had, and also think about all the things that have been coming up for me in therapy over the last couple of years. And you know, I think therapy, first and foremost, absolutely benefits me for sure, obviously. And it also, you know, people who I have relationship with, whether romantic or otherwise, also benefit from that, because I have a different degree of self awareness, I move differently, I understand my triggers differently and navigate those and respond in different ways um, than I did in the past. And I think all of that benefits Zora, because, um I I want her to see her mom being intentional about, you know, working on herself and healing and being intentional. Also, I don't need to pass down some of these, you know, not so positive or toxic characteristics. Like I can break the general generational curses. Mm -hmm. She does not need to inherit that, you know, her life can look a lot different. And it's not to say that, you know, mine was bad. It's not necessarily placing a judgment on it. And I have access to resources and support that 
you know, can help me live a better life, show up differently in my motherhood um, and just show up in life differently. And ultimately, I know Zora is watching me at every, every, (laughs) I, everything she is watching everything so like we'll get out of the shower and I usually like get out of the tub and then I put my foot on the on the side of the tub to start drying my feet and whatever and she'd be looking at me and then she'll do the exact same thing (laughs) and it's like the small ways that she's paying attention but they're also big ways she's paying attention um so yeah I mean those are the things that I think about uh when I think about supporting her in her growth and development that's awesome. And uh, that bit about breaking generational curses, it's like, wow, that's so important. And that's one of the things um, me and my cousins on my mom's side talk about very often because pretty much we just have like slightly different variations of the same mom. <laughs> so we've all had essentially the same upbringing and just seeing how like all of them, uh, I think, other than uh, my younger cousin, who she's the youngest out of all the girls, um, all of them have kids but me. So mm-hmm. they're just very, very intentional about healing and not passing down, you know, some some stuff to their children. So right. seeing that and seeing how much they've grown is honestly so beautiful because we had to figure it out ourselves like there was no there ain't no Haitian parents say let's go to therapy you know what I mean so (laughs) luckily that's like the Haitian American part that's like we're learning we're learning things now like okay therapy is not bad it's actually very good and beneficial and it will improve your life and it will save your life Mm. say that again girl it'll save your life listen I need to go back to therapy it's been like it's been a few years Mm. but I've been holding on to what I've learned like years ago right I I need some new info because you know (laughs) I feel you I feel you I mean I mean I I feel like I talk to you after all of my sessions I'm like oh my god I'm a new person girl I feel like your therapist Loki is my therapist too you'd be dropping some gems I'm like hold on let me write that down (laughs) yo because she'd be saying some shit I'm like all right whatever but then I'm like she's really like spot on and I think I mean I certainly told you about my very first session with her almost two years ago oh no more than two years ago where you know she was like she read me basically she read me she identified some patterns that it took me like at least a year to fully understand what she was seeing and what she was trying to articulate and I'm like wow like this shit blew my mind it blew my mind Mm -hmm. and the relationship that I have with myself now wow wow next level yeah. so I'm at the point where I'm I'm trying to get out, not get out of the habit but before I went to therapy because I was I mean I was experiencing a lot of difficulty in my previous relationship and I I, I certainly that was the catalyst of me going to therapy I've wanted to go years before that but honestly like I I, I couldn't find any therapists of color and that was something that was really important to me so when we, you know, moved out here and when I finally was just like, okay, I need to get help. Thank goodness for Therapy for Black Girls. Folks, if you haven't heard about this resource, the podcast, it's there. It's just basically a wonderful resource for folks looking for therapists of color, specifically for Black women 
Um, and that's how I found my therapist. And she's she's fantastic. So that's why I'd be sharing with you, like, can you believe she said this? The nerve. The nerve. And <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. You know what? I just like, even though it may not be like pleasant in the moment, I just like, because I'm the only one currently reading myself for filth and calling myself out on my shit. Mm. I w- it would be nice you know it'd be refreshing for someone else to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a professional not like someone on the because <laughs> you can catch these hands no I'm kidding <laughs> definitely and I think it's interesting to hear you know how other people I guess not how not it's not necessarily about how other people see you but someone that you don't know so this person has no idea of who you are what you've done anything to go on but what you're reflecting to them and for them to sort of help identify the things you don't know you don't know which that that's hard to do for yourself mm-hmm. that is absolutely hard and have you to trust this person it, it takes a lot obviously it takes a lot of trust to open up in the first place but it also takes a lot of trust to have someone you know tell you about yourself in a loving way, of course, and mm-hmm. uh, you you receive those words and you take their advice. Mm. You know, it takes right. a lot of trust. Have you? It, it, one absolutely it takes a lot of trust. Um, and I've also that's something that I also had to sort of get past because I realized that I didn't necessarily trust her, but I, I trusted myself in the fact that I, I felt it necessary to to come to a space like this. So. I'm going to trust myself to show up fully in this process, which allowed me to be able to have a trusting relationship with this person. Um, But yeah, that's certainly a hurdle that folks that, you know, sometimes need to get over. Um, But I wanted to ask you, have you talked with your mom? So when you were in therapy, have you had conversations with your mom about going to therapy or with other, you know, family members? And what were some of the ways they responded um I so honestly it was so long ago that I was seeing a therapist and it was when I was in New Hampshire and I was like she was straight like nothing against her I literally don't even remember her name that's how Mm. I'll just leave it at that but she was like just she was she was a young she was between a Becky and a Karen somewhere (laughs) between that age Mm -hmm. and she she did help me out with some stuff. I'm not going to lie. She knew what she was talking about, but there was just absolutely no connection at all. Mm, okay. Uh, but anyway, so when I was going, I believe I told my mom, but there wasn't a conversation about it. I think she was just like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And that was it. But my cousin Monia actually put me on because I was like, she, at the time she was also living in Nashville with me and... I was like, girl, I'm fucking losing it. I'm Mm. on the edge and I need help. I'm fucking drowning. And she was like, she sent me some links. She's like, this is where I go. Um, Find somebody. So I did. And it worked out for for some time. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I I was curious about that because I was thinking about how... um, how my mom responded when I started going therapy. So she's been to therapy herself uh, years, years ago. Um, I think I was still in elementary school. 
So I had mentioned that I was going to therapy and she to some extent knew about some of the challenges that I was experiencing in my relationship. And, you know, that's why I started going to therapy. But then, you know, I, I kept talking about it more and more. And she was, she, one day she looked at me, she's like, did I mess you up? Like, are you <laughs> therapy because of me? I'm like, no, you didn't mess me up. I mean, what therapy is helpful for, I mean, therapy has helped me look at my relationships with both my parents and the different ways they've impacted me and how that's contributed to some of the patterns and avoidance that I have and all that stuff. So, I mean, I wouldn't say she messed me up. no. I think that there were certainly challenging things that happened throughout my childhood that, you know, have come up in therapy. I remember one day she was like, okay, Shade, you're going to talk to your 12 year old self. And I was like, okay, so here's what I would say to her. I'm like, no, she was like, no, you're going to talk to her. So you as 30 year old Shade sit in this chair. And when 12 year old Shade is ready to respond, you get into the other chair. So it was like a physical exercise. And at first I was like, I girl like I don't know what she's trying to have me do out here but whatever I'm here I guess I trust the process so let me do it wow I learned so much and through that exercise I was able to you know really go back into some places that I haven't been since then so 12 year old Shade was holding on to a lot girl you just Um, made me anxious thinking about that (laughs) listen like Oh, if I had to do that, what would that look like? Not something I need to think about in this moment, clearly. (laughs) Listen, it was an experience. I'm pretty sure I journaled after that. And I was like, yo, 12-year-old Sade just needed a hug, you know? She just, God, she needed some love. And, I, you know, I I need, listen, I can't even get into it right now because it was just, out of all the sessions, my first session and that session are the ones that were like, pivotal for me just pivotal it's amazing so there was I don't remember what age the shifts happened but there was like a time in my life where I was like extremely like emotionally unavailable well I'm still emotionally unavailable I shouldn't say that I was (laughs) like if it weren't if it like other than like happiness and anger then I wasn't really like showing any emotion um, but I don't know, at some point, I want to say maybe like 18, 19, I just realized that like, I need to start telling people I love them, mm-hmm. you know, Mind because I'm just like, I know, like, I would feel great if I heard that. And then someone gave me a hug. So I just became like obnoxious with it. Like after every phone conversation, even till this day, like I'll talk to my sister. I'll be like, I love you. She's like, okay, bye. Nope. I said, I love you. Say it back. (laughs) I love you. Bye. And I'm just obnoxious with it. Cause like, I need to let these people know, like, I really fucking love you. And if I'm around you, literally, I just want to like, hug you hold you let's hold hands like me and Monia hold hands sometimes you know that's just how I feel I just like am oozed like the people that I really love I'm just so grateful because like the people who I'm closest to really fucking saved my life bro like for Mm -hmm. real for real like obviously you know that you're one of them and like every time we talk about it I end up like crying (laughs) I just love you (laughs) but like really I just the people who are really there for me and close to me I have to tell them I love them all the time and just do whatever I can to help them or just show them that I care because I'm so fucking grateful for their love and support 
Whew, girl, you so thank you, <laughs> girl. You know, one, you know, I got you always and forever. Um, and it just made me so what I'm sitting with now, hearing all that you have to say. I don't remember besides Boo Bear, um, my daughter Zora. I <laughs> I don't remember the last time. I told someone that I love them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. maybe a once in a while. And it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with something over here. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and so, cause I know, so I, I when I was, <laughs> I can't speak. When I was younger, hearing people tell me they love me, like, oh, Shadi, I love you. You used to make me so uncomfortable so <laughs> uncomfortable girl friends will be like okay bye Shadi. i love you i'm like okay like i just i had zero idea how to receive that it was just it made me really really uncomfortable and you know growing into adulthood that's something that i've sort of you know done away with like i'm comfortable with it but it's just still like i'm not sure why i'm not saying it as much i don't think i need to say it every day all the time like hey i love you i love you i love you yeah and i think it's nice to to share that with someone you know with zora i tell her 52 times a day because i just look at her and i'm like you're a real being like i birthed you what like Mm -hmm. she's just a marvel to me so i'm like wow like i love you like you're magical i love you but she's really the only one so kaina i love you It's funny because um, my mom, my parents, you know, they listen, they old school Haitian, like they don't do that shit and it's fine, but she never really said it. But when I, like, she says it now and I say it to her, I'll be like, hey, love you. And, or she'll be like, I love you, daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever I hang up the phone with my dad, I'm always like, okay, love you. And like, he never says it first just because he's like, a Haitian man mm-hmm. but also my dad is like super super sappy and sensitive but he just like shows it other ways but he never says I love you first but like whenever I I remember the first time I said it I was like okay I love you and he was just like I, I love you too no. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's really interesting now I'm just gonna be telling the whole family yo I love y'all oh my god listen I remember like this was a few years ago. Um, I was getting my hair done at Auntie Sandra's, you know, self-care day. Yes. And I was just telling her how I admire her because, like, she she's, she's like, the first entrepreneur of the family. You know what I mean? Like, she mm-hmm. started her business from scratch, and she's had it for so long. And yeah. she's, like, that Haitian woman that everybody in Boston goes see to get their hair done. Like, okay. I love it. And I'm just, like, you know, you raise these kids by yourself, and... I really, I really admire you. She was just like, she was looking at me like from the mirror and she was just like smiling, like smirking and like, oh, okay. (laughs) She was like, okay. And I was like, I love you, Tati. And she was like, you do? I'm like, yes, I do. And she was like, well, that's nice. Oh, it was so wonderful. And I gave her a huge hug afterwards. And she was just like, okay, bye, niece. 
Oh, oh my gosh. I can totally picture Auntie Sandra in that. Like, as you were describing it, I could see everything happening. I can totally see it. You just pulled through my hair like, what the fuck is happening right now? Right. <laughs> She's like, well, that's nice. Right. That's very sandudu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. You know, it would be, I'm curious about, like, how our cousins are experiencing their parents, especially, like, the younger ones. Because, um, I, you know, I've certainly talked to, like, Vicky, who's just always been longing for this super I feel like intense emotional you know connection with her mom specifically but just other cousins like I'm wondering like is this something that comes up do they think about these things like does it matter to them I just want to know where they are right and I know auntie Valerie she tells me she loves me all the time she's like oh, yeah. I love you baby I love you baby and I'm I'm sure if she's saying it to me she's saying it to her children oh so. for sure yeah and they're I mean they're all very close to their mom the three of them so yeah I think that definitely has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. She's very, she's always been very affectionate with them. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I remember she's always like, Auntie Valley, I'm going, love you, baby. Always <laughs> yes. baby. I'm yes. even 30. When we're mm-hmm. 50, we're still going to be baby. That's it. Even when she texts me, she'd be like, hey, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and she'll put the BB, not even baby. BB. Seriously. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. You know what? Beyond the cousins, I want to have this talk with the whole family. I just, well, you know what? I'm think I have mad ideas that are circulating right now. We can talk about this another time, but you know, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about because uh, so when we were talking about therapy before, and even like I think this is along the same line of like even saying I love you, just being open about like emotional needs and how that shows up or sometimes doesn't show up in the family. Like I remember when Auntie Elsie, um, when she had her surgery. And I spoke to the doctor and was asking, like, okay, you know, after this surgery, are you going to connect her with, you know, some sort of mental health support? This is a really big surgery that she's about to experience. And they're like, no, that's a good thought. You think? Like, this is life-changing. This is life. So, like, listen, we're talking amputation, like, partial or not, like, that is a huge adjustment. Um, So the doctor... I, and I didn't know this until my mom told me. So I wasn't there when this was mentioned, but it was my mom, grandma, Auntie Elsie, and I think Auntie Sandra might have been there. And the doctor recommended that Auntie Elsie go see a therapist. Yo. Mm. Yo. My mom was like, <laughs> grandma was offended. Auntie Elsie oh! was offended. Everybody was offended. And my mom was just sitting in the cut laughing because one, She's been to therapy. She knows I'm in therapy. And they're like, you think you think we're crazy? You think she oh, needs that? like all that stuff? And I was like, you know, and, oh. and I don't think grandma or anybody else knows that I'm in therapy or that you've even been to therapy. So I wonder how they would react because like if your thought is therapy is for crazy people, how will you respond to know that we've both been in or are in therapy? Like, Listen, can... I know I'm crazy, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we all need a little help that's man you know and it's like what can you do because it's like they old school Haitian like what can you do because they're not going to change they're not going to eat vegetables (laughs) (laughs) no we eat vegetables we're not Dominican Um... there's a lot there there's so much there and we laugh about it now and we know that it's like connected to some very real issues some you know real generational trauma and stuff Mm -hmm. 
but I, I, I would just be curious to have the conversation. And I think even in this conversation, my goal isn't necessarily to convince them to go to therapy, but just to have an open conversation about it, period. I think with therapy, it, it can work if people are open to it. But if someone's shoving it down your throat and trying to force you to go or make you feel like, you know, any less of your, you, just all these things, you have to be ready for it. It's their journey. But Shade, why go to therapy when you can just pray away the sadness? Ugh, listen, yeah. That was literally that was that was my life. Did you pray? You're not praying hard enough. If you're still depressed, you're not praying hard enough. I was like, well, damn, maybe I'm not. Shit. That's that's heavy. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think it sends so many messages. One about the role of spirituality <laughs> or religion, depending mm-hmm. on how, you know. I think that can be an entire episode only about your religious upbringing. And um, the cult I was a part of. <laughs> Not cult, just one. There was just one, I think. Just one. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's a whole episode, but yeah. Honestly, it, it's going to have to be an episode because when you like randomly talk about these things, I'm like, <laughs> wait, are you kidding? Or did this seriously happen? And you're listen, like, bitch, this was my life. Listen, in the past, like, three years I've been getting like not that they were suppressed but because they were just so normal and because I've very much so evolved since then I would get I'll get like these random memories will come flooding back and I'm just like whoa that was crazy town what was happening back then wow that was for sure a cult and that for sure was not okay wow so yeah oh we won't get into that yet (laughs) Boy, I mean, well, I think that goes to show that like why wellness needs to be approached in a holistic way, right? It's not just the physical, it's not the just the emotional or the spiritual, it's all of them and how they, you know, how they intersect, how they interact. Exactly. Oh, girl. All right. Well, we have much more to talk about. I enjoyed this conversation. I'm gonna call my mama and tell her that I love her. You know, I'm going to call some people tonight. They're going to be like, are you okay? I'm great. And I just love you. Yeah, that's awesome. And tell me, make sure you take a note of all of their reactions. I absolutely <laughs> will. I absolutely will. Because, you know, I have like a handful of people I talk to on a regular basis. So, you know, whose reaction I'm most looking forward to? Who? Joseph's. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, real Joseph is her older brother, by the way. Yes, Joseph (laughs) is my older brother. And even so I know, you know what? I'm just going to have to get back to you because I think it's going to be hilarious. He's going to be like, okay. (laughs) Jamil, you know, he's a Capricorn, you know, so he might respond differently. You know, y'all Capricorns just, you know. (laughs) Gang, gang. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny, actually, because I was talking to him the other day and he was just talking about like, I, I don't. I think everyone is experiencing some sort of like reawakening or something. Cause he was talking about how like you know he was having conversation with my mom, my dad, and just like you know just being in a really good space with them and reconnecting and rebuilding his relationship with Joseph. Like you know their their relationship has ebbed and flowed over the years. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to reconnect. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so happy to hear that. Because that was something where I was like, because I remember how close we were when we were younger, but especially the two of them. And to see how it's changed has like, I I didn't like seeing that change. So recently I was like, okay, 
I've been trying to like talk with them, like just, you know, a little bit on the fly here and there. But recently was like, all right, I need to let that go. Not in the sense that it's no longer important to me, but it's it's their relationship. And when they're ready, it'll happen, you know, in whatever way that looks. And when he said that to me, this was like two nights ago. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, this letting go really helps. So Mm -hmm. I will certainly tell you their reaction. Yes, absolutely. Cool. This was great. It was. I feel lighter after this conversation. Yes. I feel like I kind of want to hang out with my mom, but I know I'll immediately regret it. (laughs) (laughs) That's my shorty, though. That's my shorty. Stop. I hear that. (laughs) Well, though. You know, I'm sure we'll touch on this again soon, you know, with just everything. It's all connected. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to do some journaling tonight. I haven't done it in so long. Yeah, I need to do some writing. I've been writing raps, but like. Listen, you my inspiration. You know, I'm an aspiring rapper. Yes, listen, I'm coming out with a mixtape. I'm about to shoot a video for my first joint called oh. Up and Down. Let them like, know. You know we out here. I'm going to let y'all know when that drops. Yes. Remind people where they can find you. Oh, God. Again? Yes. Okay. I should have written it down this time. Okay. <laughs> My main Instagram is at cocaina, C-O-K-A-I-N-A-A-A-A. <laughs> Four A's. <laughs> Only because Simply Cocaina was already taken when I made my Instagram like I don't know like 10 years ago and I was like there's only one but okay um my music page is Kaina's music and my catering page is at Kina's kitchen k-i-n-a-s underscore kitchen I'll cook for y'all if you want contact me or whatever listen I meal prep <laughs> let me just tell y'all Mm. This woman has been blessed with a gift. Well, first of all, she's been blessed with many gifts. One of the many gifts, obviously, is singing, as you heard at the beginning of this episode. But her cooking? Listen, just let me just say, when we were living together, it was the best time of my life. Because I love sharing food experiences with Kaina and just experiencing her cuisine. Because it's not just about food. It's an experience. So... Get you some Kina's Kitchen. Bring that love into your life. And I'm saying this as I'm looking at her Kina's Kitchen Instagram page, and I did not see your post from today of these shrimp tacos. I made these shrimp tacos today, and even my mom had to get in. She was like, oh, are you done cooking? I said, I didn't cook for you. I'm like, I'm just kidding. Obviously, you can have some. But she was all up in them scrimps. It was so good. I took the first bite and I was like, oh, my God, did I make this? I did. Wow. I can wow. I can already taste it looking at the photo and I want to cry. Mm. Listen, I'm about to make I'm about to make. OK, so it's Cinco de Mayo today, guys. <clears throat> so I made and it's Taco Tuesday. So I made shrimp tacos and I'm about to go downstairs and make a fresh strawberry margarita, but my blender's broken. So I have my pilon, which I don't know what the hell that's called in English. We were just having this conversation. Do you know what that's called? Wow. I have no idea what that's called. It's always just like been I've a pilon. Before. 
I've heard it before, like on the Food Network, when they'd be trying to like when these white chefs be trying to be cool and making their their bread from from scratch or whatever. But I don't know what's called. But I'm putting the strawberries and basil and lime <gasps> in the tequila. Okay, I'm going to a mashi top. Okay, and put my tequila in there, and it's about to be so lit. I. I can already taste it. I want you to have some, honestly. I want you to have some. Listen. And all the ingredients are organic. I went to Whole Foods today. I didn't get a discount. Dang, my bad girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, you know what? You enjoy that for the both of us. So now you have to have two margaritas and two more tacos. And I'll be able to just feel when you're consuming it. You don't even have to tell me. I'll be able to feel it. The universe will just send me some feelings of satisfaction and yeah. just joy <laughs> and i will know that at that moment you are sipping on a margarita and eating some tacos i'm about to be in margaritaville yeah. looking for my <laughs> shaker of salt. <laughs> okay. except i don't do salt on the rim nah sugar that. always all, all day yes oh i'm gonna put some agave in it too next level to sabe <laughs> okay you know? all right y'all thank you for tuning in stay tuned for more episodes follow us on instagram at cafe ole podcast and you can also follow me at pascal's body care we look forward to connecting with y'all next time until then peace and blessings peace and love